Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Four in 2023. What up, 2023? Um, uh, for those who haven't listened before, my name is Stephen Mitzner, and introduce yourself, Yosef. My name is Yosef Levenstein. And this is the Weekly Four, where we talk about sports, history, politics, and any other random stuff that might come into our heads. Um, this is a new year. And in honor of the new year, I guess you're solo parenting for the evening. I am solo parenting for two evenings, but tomorrow things get back to normal. What time does your wife come home tomorrow? Um, she should be home by like nine-ish, but... If she's lucky, actually... it'll be like closer to 11. She's smart. Well, there's going to be a babysitter here because I have a work dinner tomorrow night. Ah, see, there you go. That's one way to uh, absolve your duties. That's what I try to do. But I will toast this delicious new bourbon I'm drinking to a healthy and happy new year for all of us and all of our listeners. Cheers to you and to that. Um, Cheers. Anyway, we will get started. Um, The big thing in sports that's happened since our last podcast, just kind of wrapping up, Argentina won the World Cup. Uh, Again, World Cup every four years couple of people in our community are from Argentina. We're very excited about this. They win the World Cup. Um, uh, I don't know. There's not really another sporting event that occurs other than kind of the Olympics every four years. And that's not like an individual sport. It's a um, tons of different sports. I was going to say conglomeration, but probably still not the right word. But um, Amalgamation. The, amalgamation. That's a much better word. Um Lionel Messi, who is known as potentially the greatest soccer player, definitely in current time, maybe of all time, who happens to have been born, has the same birthday as me, exactly a year younger, um, finally wins his elusive World Cup he was looking for. Um, and um, the, the, the funny story that came out of this is apparently some noted celebrity chef got onto the Salt field. Bay. Ah, so you did hear the story. And was able to touch the trophy, which apparently in soccer, like, other than the heads of state of the countries that have won and the players that won it is not allowed to touch the trophy. Um, I would have gotten in huge trouble, apparently, if this were the same thing true about the Super Bowl trophy, but that's a story for a different time. Um, and, um, and that was kind of one of the main things about how the security and who that was allowed onto the field after they won was kind of a uh, joke. I believe that Salt Bay is Turkish as well. I don't even think he's Argentinian. He does look Turkish. That is correct. He says he's a Turkish uh, butcher. Yes. So You know who he is. He's the guy that sprinkles the salt on his elbow over the meat. Um, no. Eh, you're not missing out on much. But mm-hmm. I have seen multiple videos where they've gone to his restaurants, and most of the time they say it's sort of, well, it's, like it's a lot of hype. But he does, like, these golden-crusted steaks and all kinds of, like, Silly things. I think I saw a Mr. Beast video that with Liam where they like go to one of his. Re- Anyways, they- which restaurants does he have in the United States? No, this is. Uh, I think this was in. I saw the video. I saw was actually in Turkey, but uh, I think he has in Vegas a restaurant. Yeah, steakhouses. I think is what I'm just reading about him now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So apparently, <laughs> he got onto the field and touched the trophy. Big no-no. So that was... Uh, did you have any takeaways you want to share with the listeners about the World Cup? Um, 
I mean, I know that there's like, it was, yeah. I mean, there was like some political stuff around it, but overall it wasn't all that particularly interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. This sports, um, one of these sports writers died there. Um, who is apparently in good health. Nothing's been reported to it, but it seems like it, there was no foul play involved. Um, another thing that happened, um, just a lot of fans like, couldn't get into the stadium. They weren't allowing alcohol in the stadium. So there was like a whole lot of things. They moved it from the traditional summertime to November because it would have just been too hot in Qatar. So, Qatar. Um, so... There was a lot of things. And the next World Cup will be here in the United States as well as in Canada and Mexico. So there's a giant North American bid. And Houston, Texas will have our hometown some World Cup games here. So um, get excited for that in 2026, in the summer of 26. That's exciting. Yeah, it should be a, a good summer business here. And again, the schedule won't be finalized for a very long time, but um, should be really exciting. Um, How many? Uh, I guess, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so they're doing it across, it's like a, NAP, a North American thing. NAP, correct. NAP. And I think there's All like right. 20 different host venues across, I think four in Canada, three in Mexico, and like 13 in the US, maybe. I'm guessing we don't have to build any infrastructure in Houston to support this. Co- correct. No infrastructure. They're using NFL stadiums around the country, so... Um, and soccer stadiums already existing in Mexico and Canada. So, yeah, way uh, these should be way more profitable than the ones that were in Doha. Um, mm-hmm, even though mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. of them, I think they literally had a stadium like that was made out of like shipping containers. That was just insanity as to what went on there. I think there was yeah. a great John Oliver. Um, for those who really want to know more about the history, about like the working conditions and how unbearable it was, um, on last one of the episodes of last week tonight. So. I'll send people over there for more information. Sounds like a plan. Um, what happened tonight uh, in the other football, the American football, college football, Georgia obliterated TCU 65-7. to It was the highest score ever a team put up in the college football playoffs since it became in its current form. They won by 58 points. And, um, yeah, it was not quite a game. It was pretty pretty brutal. Um, not something I didn't even watch half of it because it was already, I think, 38-7 at halftime. Um, and just um, just not something that a, again, it doesn't help uh, people, their viewership numbers. It doesn't help interest in the sport. So what they're trying to do is because uh, TCU had an impressive win over Michigan in order to get there in the playoff, but what they're doing is spending the playoffs – so you don't just have to win one game in order to get to the national championship. You have to win two, maybe three, um, which is going to be helpful to try to make sure that you really do have the two best teams in the country for the national championship because it's clear that TCU is not the second best team in the country. Um, Georgia-Ohio State was a really tight game, the game before this, um, and, P- and people could argue that that was potentially the real national championship game. So that's what was on television tonight. Wait. Today was the national championship of it? For college football, yep. Uh, you didn't hear that water cooler, water cooler talk at Golden Circle about this? Uh, Wait, come on, what's the joke? I call it Golden <laughs> Circle, but it's Golden Section. Come on. 
I know it's, it was it was a well placed one. Um, that we don't uh, actually it's more like a Keurig machine talk, but um, no, I don't think anyone really talks to me about sports. I think I've been pretty well established. <laughs> they, that I don't they, much they, about it. they know you by now. Be like, oh, sports. I'm gonna shift the conversation away from Levenstein. Yeah, uh, we talk about other more meaningful things than just trying to. Ooh, ooh, and that's a nice, nice, subtle dig at me. I appreciate that. Well, you and I have me. No, nah, I know. I know, but sports can be meaningful too. I mean, nothing, nothing's meaningful than sixty-five to seven. That's meaningful. Like, oh man, this is not helpful to anybody and a waste of time for everyone. Uh, yeah, which is sort of how I feel about sports in general. Other than the fact that it creates lots of jobs and has some economic benefit, but. You know, and pride, that, civic pride, cultural pride. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, in Europe, it's reduced uh, wars between cities. So, you know, that's always a good thing also. There you go. Um, speaking of the other football, um, professional football, uh, the NFL playoffs are about to start this weekend. Nice. Um, uh, interestingly enough, the Lions that had nothing to play for other than to eliminate the Packers did beat them last night. Uh, knocked Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks, or at least he was before this season, out of the playoff hunt. Uh, he struggled this season. And the NFL schedule, for those at home who are interested, is as follows. Saturday at 3.30 on Fox, the Seattle uh, Seahawks are playing the San Francisco 49ers. Um, 7.15 on NBC, the Los Angeles Chargers are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um Sunday at noon on CBS, Miami is playing at Buffalo. Sunday at 3.30 on Fox, the Giants are playing at Minnesota. And Sunday night at 7.15, Baltimore is playing at Cincinnati. And finally, Monday night, which is added in recent years, the Dallas Cowboys, probably the best game of the weekend, are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you have Cowboys, kind of known as America's team, playing against Tom Brady on primetime on ESPN. So. Nice. Oh, and the Sunday night game, uh, Baltimore Cincinnati is on NBC at seven fifteen, and the Giants and Minnesota are on Fox at three thirty. I may have left those out. So, those are all of the games. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC and the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC have buys until the next week because they had the best record in their conferences. Rest up, boys. So that is what's going on in the NFL. Hopefully, we will have a weekly four podcast next week. Uh, at this time to go over those matchups and talk about those games. If not, turn into your local sports center on ESPN. So the Texans didn't make it to the playoffs, I gather. The Texans, ah, we should talk about them. The Texans, not only did they not make the playoffs, they had been the worst team in the NFL all season until the very last week where where they went in, all they had to do was lose and get the number one seed. But what did the Texans do? They come from behind and won. The Bears lost. Now we have the number two pick in the NFL draft. I said seed. We had the number one pick for this draft. Now we dropped to number two, all because they decided, hey, let's win the last week. So they hurt the franchise even more. The next day, literally this morning, the coach was fired, or last night even. Um, so literally they fired Lovey Smith after one season in which – I mean, I don't know what they expected of him. He kind of did his job until the last game of the season. They were going to be bad. Take maybe because he didn't lose the last game, they fired him. Um, um, but the Texans um, have the number two pick in the draft um, that they blew the number one pick. 
and just the whole franchise is pretty inept. And now they have to fire hire the fourth coach in three years. <laughs> Literally. By the Go, way, yeah, you wouldn't expect anything less of the worst team. In other words, not losing that game would have meant that they aren't the worst team. Right by winning no, that game, no, they the NFL, the worst team in the league gets the number one pick. No, no, they're the worst one. They're the worst run franchise. The worst team means that, and when it counts the most to lose, you win. Yeah, that's, that's what makes you truly the worst team. Yep, we're, yep, that's the Texans. So it's amazing as well. Run is the Rockets, <laughs> which are doing the rebuild the right way, even though they're currently the worst team in the NBA right now and have the best odds at the top pick in the draft. They have nice young talent. They're fun games to watch. Uh, no one says boo. Um, that's being well run. The Astros, who are the current World Series champions, never forget. Um, um, yeah, probably can't use that term like that um, going forward. Um, I just realized that after. it's You literally can't use the words never forget just for anything else now. Uh, I did it. Please don't cancel me. Um, are the World Series champions extremely well-run organization and then there's the texans who are just really really poorly run so um meanwhile um it's yeah that's pretty not funny, much though. more to say i mean other than it's pretty funny they get the second draft which i guess whatever and uh well i guess we'll see who they find as their next coach but even if they find like if they're in this midst of this rebuild, ideally, then... I yeah, and when, I, and when I say poorly run, it's not like a dig at any, like, the president of the organization or the ownership. It's just, like, it's everything combined just has not been cohesive. They're tanking, which would have been fine if we got the number one pick, but they won. So, like, it's like the owner, the GM, everybody was kind of okay with what's going on and because knowing, wow, we have the number one pick, we can add the best player in college football that we think will make our franchise better. But then when you do that, it's like, and win the last game, it's like, what are we doing here? What um, are we doing here? Like, literally, they were joking on this national podcast. They should have fired the head coach before the game. But Hakeem Olajuwon, the Rockets player, coached the team. Um, <laughs> say their quarterback is resting an injury and really, like, lost it. They literally had their destiny going into the last game of the season and promptly blew it. So that's what that's happened with the Texans. Uh, um, but at least we have a good basketball team because well, no, they're really bad right now. Also, I'm saying it's doing things the right, but it's rebuilding yes. itself the right way. Uh, and speaking of basketball, the NBA season just hit the half mark. Uh, last time we did the podcast was at the quarter mark. Now it's at the halfway mark. The Rockets are, as I said earlier, in last place right now in the NBA at ten and thirty. Um, there's 82 games the and we're 43. Entire league, they're in the last place in the entire league. Correct. Wow. They're, they're doing, doing it, right. it right. Exactly. They've lost their last seven in a row. I mean, you hope that they start winning a couple more games as long as because the three worst teams all have the same percentage at the number one pick. So as long as you're in the bottom three, you're okay. So they're in the bottom three. They're two and a half games behind the fourth worst team. So as long as they kind of stay, which is San Antonio right now. So as long as they stay with kind of Charlotte and them in Detroit, uh, they should have a good shot at that number one pick who's supposed to be a generational type talent. His name is Victor Wambanya, I think, or Wambanea. I don't know how to pronounce it. 
I should have done that pre-podcast. Um, but in terms of who the good teams are in the NBA this year, uh, Boston Celtics currently have the best record in the NBA, 29-12. and 12. They're in first. The Nets have been playing great basketball as of late. They're in second in the East. Milwaukee is in third. That's the top three in the East. In the West, Denver Nuggets, where your wife is at right now. They actually played the Lakers tonight. Um, and they won, I want to say. They did, 122 to 109. Um, the Lakers lost to the Nuggets tonight. Oh, and LeBron didn't even play. Oh, I feel so much better about not going in for that conference now. <laughs> um, if LeBron had played, I'd been like, oh, man, I could have gone to see LeBron, who's still at 38 years old dominating the NBA. They're giving him some nights off when he <laughs> needs it, but still dominating the NBA. Um, sorry, back to the West. So Denver Nuggets are number one. And I think Memphis is too. Hold on. I'm just clicking refresh on my screen. Um, yeah, Memphis is tied with them for one. They're both 27 and 13. New Orleans is then third at 25 and 16. So um, kind of lots of younger franchises, Memphis and New Orleans in particular, that are kind of needing the top of the pack in the West. Not kind of the typical teams, Phoenix, the Warriors, um, who've been the last two Western champions have really been struggling. So um, interesting to see kind of kind of new teams in the West rise to the top in Boston and Milwaukee, who have represented the East the last two times in the NBA Finals, are um, are also um, near the top of the East. So should be an interesting postseason for the NBA, but still only halfway there. Still a lot more of the season to go. Good. Okay, um, bringing us up to, um, did you like the fact that I, that if LeBron had been playing tonight, I would have been like, oh, I should have gone to the conference. <laughs> um, you know, I've never seen LeBron James play. I can imagine it's probably something nice, almost like he's arguably Jordan the second play. greatest player. At, yeah, after Jordan, um, he's probably the second greatest player of all time. So. Um, I have seen him multiple times play, um, many times. So kind of not that, whatever. So um, for me, but still, it's amazing, especially now that he's doing it at thirty-eight and still dominating. It's kind of unheard of. So um, yeah. And as for uh, going to the conference to watch a basketball game, it doesn't surprise me too much. But yeah, because you know me uh, very well. I do know you very well, but. Uh, the sound of it, I think it's a, it's a good thing that you're home. Yeah, always good to be home. Um, on this day, so here's 674 years ago, the Jews of Basil were rounded up, believed to be the cause of Black Death, and were rounded up and incinerated. So what's amazing to me, I was reading up on this because I hadn't heard about this because it was 674 years ago. Um, when Black Death was raging through Europe, um, they believe that the Jews were the cause of it and were poisoning their wells. That's kind of their thinking at the time, not realizing how germs and plagues were actually spread. Um, but what's amazing and the crazy thing is it hadn't even hit Basil yet when they did this. So it was just the hysteria around it at the time. It was a local mob. It wasn't done by like the city or the state, whatever. It was a local mob that did it. And then I was reading more on it and, um, Eventually, but then it eventually hit 
and they blamed the people because again they only really burned the ones that didn't convert to christianity and then one of the ones that convert to christianity and then the black plague did hit them then they blamed them and in, and kind of um, made them either flee or they killed them so again uh really no satisfying uh the rabid anti-semites um <laughs> of the 1300s um and um just kind of a crazy story um and again it's just another thing when people are like oh this world is so bad i i, I it's a lot better than 674 years ago. I thought you were going to say that you're surprised that the Swiss did this. Yeah, like, you, oh, know, no. you think of the Swiss today and you think, well, yeah, they may be cold bankers, but like they're not like <laughs> rounding up Jews and setting them on fire. But, um, but yeah, the fact that uh, that's because it's not even, profitable. No, uh, what? But <laughs> the fact that it hadn't even reached it, it's, it's it's sort of crazy. Um, on the flip side of it, yeah, like, I mean, they were blaming the Jews. It probably was like, you know, like the rumors getting around from like city to city, like, yeah, the Jews are causing black death. And so maybe this is very Swiss. They decided to get ahead of it and just be like, well, the Jews are causing black death. And we may as well get rid, get of, rid of our Jewish problem. But then again, it's also sort Apparently, of stupid to like, yeah, go assume ahead. that the Jews that convert to Christianity would. Well, I guess if they thought they were poisoning the well, maybe they thought they were Christians who wouldn't poison their wells. Yeah, exactly. It was not known how this thing was spreading. Again, microbial science was not at the forefront of the time. <laughs> um, and apparently there were like three to 500 Jews in Basel, but most of them escaped before this happening, knowing that like something like this was on its uh, thing. So they think that the number of people actually killed was like, 80 to 100 and the Jewish children weren't burned that they took them to a monastery and converted them. So, um, so that's apparently what happened back then. So again, as, as few have had a bad day, just be glad you're not a Jew in Basel 674 years ago. So, I mean, um, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, uh, uh, for all, for a long time, if not always when in doubt, blame the Jews. Yeah, even Daniel Powder's song could make the Jews of Basel have a better day uh, today, <laughs> 674 years ago. A um, hundred years ago today, De La Sierra, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, made the first autogyro flight. Joe Levenstein, what is an autogyro? Uh, isn't that the thing that like it goes up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, and then... That makes uh, somehow creates flight. Very good, very similar. It was the precursor to the helicopter. Yeah, um, and it was done it in Spain again using the fixed blade uh, mm-hmm. on the top. And a hundred years ago in Spain, so it's kind of amazing how literally what we think of helicopters, all these things that again airplanes, all in the last hundred and twenty years have been created. Um, flight and we look up and it's nothing to us and it's not even having to go back 600 years 500 years um but i thought that was very cool that today's the 100th anniversary haven't seen a lot of specials towards this guy in american television today but uh i thought a very cool thing what i have seen a lot in the news however is our last item that 15 years ago today apple introduced the iphone ah and you thought helicopters were important you didn't have the iphone um magical day that was uh, so he introduced it literally today. Um, Steve Jobs, use his name. Ugh. I didn't Whatever. use his name because I wanted you to add that in there because I know he is one of your Gedole Hadors. Um, yeah. 
for those who don't speak Hebrew, Gedolei Hador means greats of the generation. So normally it's only used to be referred to Jewish people, but for Levenstein, we include um, uh, Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. And by 2018, over 2.2 billion sold iPhones. <clears throat> it's about as ubiquitous as anything. And what amazes me is when I text somebody and it shows up green, meaning they don't have an iPhone. That to me is more surprising than anything else. Like, I don't understand how do you not have an iPhone right now? And I, again, I have a PC computer. I'm not a big Apple person at all, but was an early adopter of the iPad, the iPod, the iPhone, and we all iPad. So, um, again, really put Apple back on the map about 15 years ago because their, their PC, their Macs were not selling great back then other than like to computer classrooms. Um, all those multicolored Apple computers in the computer lab we had that I remember uh, as a kid, but um, really kind of reinvented their thing. Uh, and eventually the iPhone made you not have a need for the iPod. So all your music eventually is now on your iPhone um, and literally made this uh, phone. I love the mini because it reminds me of an old cell phone. It's not some huge thing. I don't know how people stick the normal so iPhones in their pockets. I have no idea, but um that is kind of my my rant on the iPhone. I was very happy that you included this. And uh, I'll just say that that period um, of time, I used to watch every single Apple announcement. They would stream them, which was like <laughs> unbelievable. At you the time. would. <laughs> And uh, I remember I'd go to my dorm. I was in, in the, yeah, I was in college. It was uh, oh seven, yeah. Must been oh eight. Even, but before it was January that, already, of were, yeah. So before that already, though, they were doing these keynotes, and um, yeah, like they were they would announce like the iPhone, iPod Touch, and all these things. And I just loved watching Steve Jobs present. It was just so unbelievable the way he, his showmanship and his, his, his enthusiasm and, but like also just, just, it was just so, it was such an experience watching those. And, um, I mean, and people I remember... get, yeah, people get, get, uh, People get to be like that when they spend their whole lives in their work and doing that. I mean, his personal life suffered, as many people have read. But, I mean, when it came to his products and what he did, there wasn't a, probably a better salesman as well as more enthusiastic person of what they did for a living than him. Yeah. And I remember, like, you know, there was a few keynotes before the iPhone was released. They had this Motorola. I don't know if you remember this. Motorola released a phone that had iTunes on it. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah, and, like, that was such a big deal. It's like, whoa, a phone that you can that has iTunes on it. Like, what a crazy concept. And then, uh, and at the time, also, iTunes, before it was iTunes, like, with a music store, iTunes was just a really good application for um, organizing your music library. And I, and I remember... Right when they re- when they released the iTunes Store. Right, I remember that as well. Yeah, but the big thing was, and I, I, there's some things that he said that just like stuck with me, and and that and the, and the reason I stick with me is because it shows how the company has changed. 
at the time they released the iTunes Store, the big thing was ninety nine cents a song. That's a song. Can, yep. And you can choose which songs you want. Right, right? rather and than having to buy was, the entire album. Exactly. But also Steve Jobs said no one wants to stream music. People want to own their music. And that's just not the case anymore today. Correct. Right? Obviously, like, you know, we pay everyone pay, well not everyone, but lots of people pay for Apple music and we don't own our music and we're streaming it. But at the time he said people want to own their music and um Well, that was the great sales pitch for them. Once I mean, once streaming happened, then whatever. If people had the option to stream it back then, they would have. Um, yeah. Another question. Way. Yeah. And then another question is that I, I've heard people surface, and I think there's somewhat of an answer to this, but did the iPhone drive the growth in bandwidth, or did bandwidth enable the expansion of the iPhone? I think the bandwidth enabled the, I think it's the latter, the uh, bandwidth expansion enabled the growth of the iPhone. But would the bandwidth expansion have happened if there of was course. demand for of bandwidth course. from the iPhone? Of yeah. course, because you would have had one of the other companies would have come out with competing things. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't because Apple usurped all of them. They were first to market and they were best to market. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But that's the other thing that I, I wonder about. But either way, it's... Uh... You know, you think about it, even when the first iPhone came out, it's, you know, the bandwidth was so limited. And what we can do now on these phones is pretty magical. Yeah. Speaking of magical, the uh, moving on to politics, the nomination for Speaker of the House was anything but magical. Um, it took 15 tries before Kevin McCarthy was able to um, garner enough votes to become Speaker. You have to have a majority. And he had to make all of these concessions to members of the far right on his party in order to get to become Speaker of the House. Um, that's what happened? Yeah. Mm. Oh, see, that's, that's why we're here to educate folks. Um, Tell me so, what. <laughs> um, normally, this is done on the first thing because you do all of this negotiating behind the scenes. But in today's and day's Republican Party, the far right, they don't want to do it behind the scenes. They want to make a public show on it. And I even got a text message from a Republican, a far-right Republican, not that I signed up for it. I just get the text messages, fundraising money that he's fighting the Republican Speaker of the House for his values. It's unbelievable. You've, as much as Democrats might have been fighting, I don't think I've ever seen a Democrat try to fundraise off of trying to stop another Democrat. It's unbelievable. Um, this was Matt Gates of Florida who tried to stop McCarthy from becoming speaker without a whole list of demands. Um, that was probably even longer than what he had to give to the other Republicans. He's an insane person, Mr. Um, Gates. Um, and um, yeah, it was, it was drama. The Democrats found it funny. America found it boring as anything. And just slow down the House's business. Now they try to have to pass a rules package that's going to be, I mean, uh, our government, you'd think with technology and progress would be getting better at its job. And it just seems like it's getting slower and worse. So um, that would, is our politics. Would a change from a two-party system help with this? Probably not. Because then it's even worse. You have even more splintering off, and you'd have to form coalition governments, and you'd have elections every five minutes, like you do in Israel. So this is 
This is the best we can hope for. No, we can hope for better, and we've had better. We've had more, um, what's it called, um, inter-party alignment, Democrats and Republicans working together more on stuff. Um, it's uh, problem is once the cat's out of the bag, trying to get it back in is almost impossible. Um, that's the worry about is how do we get politics back to where they were 25, 30 years ago, even 20 years ago? I don't know. Um this polarization doesn't seem like it's going to all of a sudden like spring back. Um, so um, I don't know what the solution is. There are people way smarter than me who are debating um, and hopefully trying to figure out how that happens. So, Do they prefer, and they being like, as it was called, the splinter segments of each party, they prefer just like burning the house yeah, creating havoc. It's how they get name, how they get media recognition, how they fundraise, how they keep their jobs. And and some of them actually believe in it. They believe in these far-right crazy ideals. And far-left. Or far-left and far-left. So, Were there not always people far to the right and far to the left in these different parties? Um, there are. A was less. B, they wouldn't get elected. And C, what it meant to be far-right and far-left... Um, was different. Ted Cruz, when he was first elected, was considered a far-right Republican. Now he's basically middle of the road in the Republican Party. Have his st- has like his stance changed? Nope. Just that the overall the party has shifted. Democratic Party has shifted left. Republican Party has shifted right, and everybody in the middle is uh, caught without a party and and hoping Andrew Yang finally figures out the forward party, which still. Hasn't elected anybody. So until they get people elected, uh, this forward third party hasn't done much. So we'll see what happens. <sighs> yes, that is frustrating. Um, well, I was the Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House. Um, it's funny, Donald Trump also actually got a hope for Speaker of the House because you actually don't have to be a member of Congress to be Speaker of the House. Anybody could be the Speaker of the House because they're just in charge of presiding over it. They don't actually have to be an elected official. So Do they vote? No. But they vote if because they're a... I mean, it, Speaker of the House has always been somebody in the House. It just doesn't have to be, but it always has. Um, so they vote because they're in the House, but not because they're the Speaker of the House. In the Speaker of the House, in the, like whatever it's called, like the chain of command. They are their third. So you can have a non-elected person potentially become president. Correct. In, ooh, vice pres- president, vice president, speaker of the house. Correct. So the speaker of the house. Well, you would non- have had, and it used to be secretary of state was third. And then they switched it uh, in terms of the line of who also is not an elected position. So yeah, after the first two, it's a non-elected position. Uh, that's we've point. actually had I, a non yeah we've actually had non-elected president of the United States Gerald Ford um, yeah. he was speaker of the house he got moved up to vice president and then when Nixon resigned became president he's the only president to never have been elected I forgot that you know in Israel the ministers are elected people but in, I forgot that the secretaries of, of cabinet here are not elected well the well the ministers there are they're from parties. The parties in Israel are elected, not the people, and whoever's the head of the parties, that's who's gets elected. Anyone who's on the government 
Yeah, have but you don't write in their name. You vote for a party. But they've been elected into the parliament. Correct. At least. You're right. From because they represent their leadership of the party. Whatever um, it is. Right. They're elected officials. Right. So yeah. And speaking of Gerald Ford taking over for Richard Nixon, today would have been Richard Nixon's hundred and tenth birthday. Happy birthday, um, Mr. President. And was next on my agenda. Um, and here is my trivia question for you, Mr. Levenstein, huge Simpsons fan. Richard Nixon's middle name is the same as what Simpsons character? Do, 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 do. In my head, it's Mr. Burns. You think his name is Richard Burns Nixon? That would be amazing. It is well, not no, Richard Burns Nixon. Mr. Burns, first name. Um... Although Richard Burns Nixon would have had amazing headlines for years, so it's actually quite unfortunate, <laughs> especially over Watergate. Richard Jewish Burns character. Nixon resigns August 9th, 1974. You had to think about that. What? You had to think for a second about the date. I actually didn't. That just came straight from my head. So I could be wrong. Simpson's character. Richard Milhouse Nixon. Really? Yep. Okay. See, there you go. Um, that was your trivia question for the night. Um, so love more, Lisa or Bart? I'm not going down a Simpsons rabbit hole with you. Um, um, So uh, he would have been 110. Uh, What's interesting is I think we've talked about this before that his daughter married Eisenhower, who was his president when he was vice president, married Eisenhower's grandson. They're still married and alive. I always thought that was cool. Um, um, So her name is literally Julie Nixon Eisenhower, which is awesome. Um, that is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, Nixon had famous checker speech about the dog that was given to him as a gift um, that saved his presidency once. Then he won in a landslide in 72, but had the whole Watergate break in and cover up. Um, then tried to come back potentially and um, um, with a couple of... Um, interviews and tried to hopefully come back to be an elder statesman and try to get his name back in the good graces. But that did not work well. There was a great movie called, um, oh, why am I blanking Frost Nixon, which talks mm-hmm. about that. Um, but yeah, um, interesting, great foreign policy, policy with China, uh, domestically was a little bit more got us out of Vietnam. So if not for Watergate, it would have been very interesting to see how his presidency would have been remembered. Um, but alas, when you have a giant um, thing like that make you resign, and he is, again, the only president to ever resign from office, um, then it's um, very hard. And I was right on the August 9th, 1974 date, so two points for me. I didn't doubt you. I just said that you had to think about it. I really didn't. It literally just rolled off my head. Um, I will also add Frost Nixon is one of my favorite boring movies. You mean it's not it's not up there with um, Mission Impossible? It's not that same type of movie. No, Tom Cruise doesn't jump genre. off of a building in Frost Nixon. 
maybe off I mean, Nixon's nose. Maybe in the background, but like you don't really notice it. It's sort of like blurred and it's in portrait mode. Um, so yeah, and there is a lot uh, to uncover about Nixon. Um, and way more than we can discuss in this podcast. He was way more complicated, I think, than people give him credit for. But saw uh, something people should look at. Okay, Slovatine, last trivia question. I will be also impressed if you get this. What number president was Richard Nixon? 37th. You looked that up. No, I didn't. Very good. Ah, I just thought about, like, relative to where we are today and the uh... Yeah, what number is Biden? Uh, 45th? Oh, man. So close. 46. Trump is 45. Yeah. Biden is 46. Uh, that was pure logic, baby. Um, so, yeah. Now it's even more impressive that you guessed Nixon, right? Mm, I try. Um, moving on. I try on. I mean to impress you. Well, that one, that one, that one surprised me. I don't know if it impressed me, but it definitely surprised me. So, um, moving on to random happy 68th birthday to J.K. Simmons, one of the best character actors um, of this generation. Um, kind of even had a starring role in this kind of HBO or Amazon Prime miniseries I just watched, but really known as a character movie actor. For people who don't know who it is offhand, he is the guy in the bald guy in the farmer's insurance commercials. He's been in tons and tons of movies, um, TV shows, um, um, maybe literally one of the hardest workers in Hollywood. Um, Has he ever been a main character? Um, yeah, he was. there was that movie where he was like the whiplash, where what's-his-name was the drummer? Miles, Te- Miles, not Teller. Miles Teller, maybe? I have no recollection of said events. Um, he was in Spider-Man as J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, original. he was great. Yeah, Miles Teller, I was right. Um, and, um, he, Night Sky was the thing I watched. It was an Amazon original that got canceled after one series season. Um, but really great actor. Yeah, he, he is. A, and <laughs> I think my favorite, I think it, it, like his favorite character actually is the uh, insurance commercials but yeah he definitely enjoys doing that farmer's insurance um, he's pretty amazing at it too happy 58th birthday to Muggsy Bogues giving hope to guy. Jewish children everywhere growing up in the <laughs> 90s the yes. heck he's 5'3 if he can be in the NBA why can't I I'm, uh, I guarantee I think I'm going to be taller than 5'3 one day not realizing that <laughs> A, none of us had the athleticism that he had by a wide margin or his skills, but heck, if five foot three Muggsy Bogues could do it. And listen, and then there was five foot seven Spudweb who could dunk. I'm five nine. I cannot dunk. Um, even if I got those jump soles that I was convinced had helped everybody uh, dunk in the 90s, all of our, my friends were like, oh, I'm going to get jump soles and then I'm going to dunk. Like, no, you're still a short Jewish person with <laughs> limited athleticism. The jump soles will not help you dunk. So um, what's funny also is I don't think Muggsy Bokes could ever play in the NBA today because if you're 5'3 in the NBA today, you're not playing much defense. And in the 90s, it was more like, well, if you didn't guard anybody. Although he was not a horrible defender, but I mean, you're giving up now to other point guards like at least a foot. 
It's not like there's many places that make six three now. I mean, it's I mean it, it's kind of amazing. Um, I I I have yet to meet him, but I I want to be like you're the one who made me believe that I actually had an NBA chance. So I used to love putting him in on NBA Live. Yeah, it was, it was just like comical to see him on the like computer screen running. And then you put him next to like the guy who's like seven seven, and it's amazing. <laughs> I love Muggsy Bogues, but yeah, it totally gave us all a little bit of hope. And uh... we were not athletic. Yeah, we were short Jewish athletic, unathletic kids. We were not Muggsy Bogues. No. Um, I would actually make the argument: you may see replicants of every other player in the future in NBA history. I almost could guarantee, again, nothing is impossible, but you will never see another Muggsy Bogues in the NBA. Um, I think the shortest player currently in the NBA is like 5'11". Um, Muggsy Bogues was 5'3". That's uh, so crazy. So, happy 58th birthday to you, Muggsy. he was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a really good point guard. He played, it's not like he played one season. He played for like 10, 11 years. So crazy. Um, and finally... Happy 56th birthday to Dave Matthews. Not a huge fan myself, but know lots of people who are, including my brother-in-law, Stephen Pallets. Um, I, what, when I read that he's 56, it shocked me that he's only 56. I think it's the first time I've ever read somebody's age. Be like, I can't believe they're not older. It just seems like he was around so much in the 90s that he was. I thought maybe he was like in his mid-40s then. Um, but I guess he was only like in his mid thirties. So Dave Matthews only fifty six. Who knew? Hmm. Well, happy birthday! I uh... like I, I like a couple of the songs, right? I like like the space between yeah, us, ants go marching. But like, I don't like my brother in law. Like, like would fly to go see his concerts to like yeah. cities that he wasn't living in. Like, yeah, that's yeah, that goes way beyond my fin. And his voice kind of irritates me. So. Yeah, that too. Uh, by the way, the shortest current NBA player is five foot nine Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, but he's not in the league right now. I don't think he's on the um, team right now. I think he's in the G League. Currently in the NBA. He most recently played on the Los Angeles Lakers, Dallas Mavericks, and Charlotte Hornets in the 2021-2022 season. Yeah, it's 22-23 season. He's not currently in the NBA right now. Yeah. Um... So, you know, the problem with having you choose the topics and me holding on by a thread because I'm trying to not fall asleep, keep children's no solo parenting slash trying to do dishes and whatever. I mean, I'm my goal is that Tanya doesn't return to an absolute disaster of a house. I know she's not going to come back to as clean of a house as she would probably want or like or if she was here by herself. Um, but um you're an abject failure, Levenstein. I try. But um, I wanted to add for the last topic, even though it's sure. not on the list, is, uh, is chat GPT. Again, we did it in the last podcast. I know, but it just continues to get so freaking cool. It's so freaking um, cool. When I was using it, it was like, down for the count. Sorry, chat GPT wasn't working. Is it finally working again? It always works for me. No, once we were doing it, it was like not working. It wasn't working for you either. It always works for me. Okay. Uh, well, but no, I think part of it was on like mobile, at least on my phone when I use it. I think because I have so many privacy settings on my device. Uh, I keep like I have to, I figured out how to make it work consistently. Um, so I think the, so here's my question. Okay. 
Um, and and I've I've already sort of gone and answered this, so it's more I'm more of an opinion thing. So uh, actually, let me give you the, the the answer, and then I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. So my question was, and I asked this of a person who I'm not going to name them, like you and I both know who he is, and as soon as I say this, you know who he is, but he's sort of private about these things, so I'm not going to name him, but. He has legal expertise in um, digital documentation and things like that. And mm-hmm. in, so I asked him, I said, can chat GPT be used as a source for reference? And his answer was yes, because... And I, and, and, it's and like I Wikipedia. Said, you can we can use Wikipedia as so a source. So he compared it to Wikipedia, but I said, but in Wikipedia, even like they will put in like references of like their sources, not always, but often. And so he said, well, it's okay because the secondary source is ChatGPT, and generally, when you reference a a source, sorry, the primary source is ChatGPT. So what the secondary sources are at that point are not relevant. Um, and so, so basically he said, you know, it's, it's, you know, from a, from a, and, oh, and then, and then the other pushback I had was, well, you know, you really don't know the sources on chat GPT, so how can you use it as a reference? And the answer again was like, it's okay, because if you're quoting someone or using it as a reference, you don't always know the sources and sometimes it's a person's thoughts and sometimes it's, you know, whatever. So my question is to you is if you were working on something, uh-oh, if you were working on something or more, more just as a general ethical concept, like do you, do you think at this point in time that using chat GPT as a reference is something that you would feel comfortable with doing? I mean, you have to reference anything you use. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, relying on it as a reference. Oh, relying on it as a reference. Um, yeah, so I'll give you an example. I used it to look up things to do in Orlando, Florida when we were there, like the top 10 things to do near my area. And it came up with a pretty good comprehensive list. I knew of some of them, and a couple of them I didn't know, but I would say that that was 90% accurate, 95% accurate. I thought it did a great job. So, again, it's basically, um, it's an open source thing. So it's pulling in for, from everywhere. And it's kind of what it reminds me of is when um, they played Jeopardy against Watson, the IBM computer. Mm-hmm. And Watson dominated, even though it missed a couple of questions. Like it missed the final Jeopardy. It was just like completely off. Uh, but because it could only, it wasn't connected to the internet. It just could search like information. Uh, or maybe... Uh, Again, I don't know exactly how it worked, but it reminds me of that, that it may not be 100% accurate. A, nothing is. B, Wikipedia is not 100% accurate either, and you can use that as a source. So um, I, think, um, I, I think I wouldn't have a problem with it, knowing that um, it's highly, I guess, again, as they keep refining it, it's probably highly accurate and will only get even more accurate. I hear that. Um it's not like Wikipedia is ever 100% accurate either. No, for sure. And I think with Wikipedia, for some reason, I'm so, and here's the surprising thing, I guess, to me at least. Wikipedia, I'm a, I accept the human bias that comes into every page. And then there's some sort of elements of like human oversight, like when a wiki page is edited or updated. Right. Um, 
And, uh, you know, and so I, I accept that bias. And for some reason, when it's AI, I'm a little bit more uncomfortable. <laughs> um, because, well, like, AI just... should have less bias theoretically it's... than human. Right. Well, that's you, right. But then again, okay, that's true. Except this AI, especially at this point in time, and and well, at this point in time, it, it was its 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 initial training was done by humans, and so without knowing the sources of its quote unquote knowledge, um, you know, how do we make how do we know that the 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 balance of the like from let's just say like politically like what that the balance of knowledge that was provided to it is in fact like properly balanced and. That's not to say 50-50, but still some balance, right? Um, you know, we don't know. We don't know what what went, what were the inputs into its answers and what it's saying and, and, what, and how it's composing things. And so without knowing that, I, for some reason, I just feel uncomfortable with um, the, the answers that it provides as sort of like an absolute, as a source of truth. Again, I don't see much of this between that and Wikipedia. Um, I hear that, so, but um, and the but I, I hear what you're saying too. There, there, there's more monitoring it than well. The difference is is the human bias, right? And so the the point, like to me, that what becomes even more interesting than if you say, okay, so there's human bias in Wikipedia, and you know, is that better than the bias that comes through? From what it what should be a well designed artificial intelligence algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's open for interpretation. So that's uh that's something that I think is really interesting. But in the meantime, um, I think there's so many really like from a you know leveraging technology's whole purpose at least now is to make us more efficient and more productive. And so there's a lot of applications right now that that chat gpt is able to do that um that can help us and like i'm not even talking about the blog posts because i'm still not like 100 comfortable with that but um you know just if if you ever have just like a big document or like a chunk of text that you want to proofread for grammatical or anything errors all you have to do is type proofread this colon and drop it into chat gpt and it'll perfect it'll like perfect it and that's that's extremely effective um, so there's just all kinds of cool things that can do. So I'm still loving ChatGPT, and the, and ChatGPT you know, loves you back, Mr. Levenstein. Um, does it? Let's see. I'm going to ask. Do you love me? As an AI, I'm not capable of feeling such. I'm not capable of feeling such as love. I exist to assist and provide information to users to the best of my ability. <laughs> oh my God, that really is love. <laughs> I want nothing from you, but I will give you all of this. Wow, that sounds like love to me. Yeah, I did ask it about <laughs> when the Jews of ba- of Basel were rounded up and burned alive, and it said it's not aware of that occasion. Oh, really? I guess 1349 didn't get into ChatGPT yet. Which is interesting. I guess that means, because then I guess it it must mean, uh, what did it say? Uh, but my pa- oh, there you go. 
So I knew it stopped at 2021, but here it says, I do not have information about events that occurred over 700 years ago. <laughs> so it has, so it's 700 years ago up to 2021. Well, it's less, well, it's less than 700. We're at 674, so. Yeah, I guess close enough. Chat GPT, man, be more accurate. Maybe it shouldn't be used as a source. That's what I'm saying. Um, the fact that it thinks that 674 and 700, trust me, the Jews of Basil of 700 years were better off than the ones in 674. Um, that's also true. Um, I still think it's a, it's a, to me, it's still an extremely interesting topic. Um, one other quick thing, and what's really interesting to me is the example that you gave, because one of the things people are saying is, well, you know, ChatGPT won't replace Google because if you want to know about things going on in a certain location, people's default is still going to, is always, or at least is still Google. Um, and, um, you know, you use it as a point of reference for geographical. Yeah, for things options. around. Yeah, I actually used it for the counter argument to that. So, and again, it's just because, just because it's something hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't happen in the future. So mm -hmm. I think, uh, those who use the past as reference, uh, for everything are doomed not to see the future. Yeah, I agree. Well, that concludes our podcast for the week of January 9th. Mr. Levenstein, congratulations on season three of our podcast, episode one, with hopefully one coming again next week for our listeners. So exciting. Have a great evening, and thank you all for listening. Please subscribe to The Weekly Four. Have a great night. Good night.